Let's do it. All right, here we go. Matt Chatham, this is a Real Thing Patriots podcast. Let's dive into this thing. Uh, a little bit different week here, obviously, with the Thursday game being the thing a week ago. And now we're sort of uh, going to give you a little quick review on what I liked and what I saw coming out of that Colts game, uh, what it means for this team going forward, potentially. And uh, a quick little review here on the Chiefs as you head in. Not so much like a hardcore breakdown man-to-man, but more just the greater things you've got to accomplish or you'll be made to look silly, much like Jacksonville was. So we'll dive right into this thing initially. Uh, again, I don't, I don't want to go, you know, because we're several days here removed from the actual win against the Colts. I don't want to go play for play for play. More just maybe hit on a couple drives here and some of the things that the Patriots are doing now that as this team matures, you're going to see more of, which is a good thing. Uh, the, the better version of themselves is, uh, of themselves is starting to, uh, starting to uh, rise, I guess. So let's dive into this thing. Uh, first off the bat, you know, the Patriots are out there on offense. Julian's in the game. Julian Edelman's back. What's the return mean? Uh, I thought it was hilarious to watch the Colts uh, come out. And, and I should say this first. They're a road team on a Thursday uh, that just came off of an overtime game. A long, very high-scoring, uh, you know, very strenuous emotional game that they lose then they go on the road to face the Patriots in Foxborough and watching those first few drives good lord you're like wow that looks like a road team on a Thursday game that just came off of an exhausting game because they looked terrible for three drives until they finally woke up but by then it was really just too late but as much as anything here you can see some of the concepts defensively that the Colts were going to roll with they don't work against the Patriots offense and invariably if you see the Chiefs attempt some of this stuff they'll have equally big problems. Now, as I mentioned, Julian, he lines in the three spot. Uh, so usually when you're counting wide receivers, you count from the outside. So uh, on the left side, there's a one. On the far right side, there's a one. And then you count inward, one, two, and three. So there was three receivers extended to the defense's left side. Julian was in the three spot. And the funny part here to me is, you know, all the defensive backs were off uh, pretty deep, uh, you know, eight, I don't even know exactly what it was, six, six, seven, eight yards, something like that, all in off coverage, more or less. No one's pressing anyone. And the middle linebackers over center, uh, you know, off the ball and over center. And he is, it, from best I could tell, his responsibility was as his own dropper. He was to turn and get to number three, all the way over to Julian, who's, you know, laterally six, seven yards or whatever from him. And I'm thinking, there's no way he's getting there. I mean, like, snap of the ball, alignment. You're standing there going, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like, Julian's just going to literally run forward and sit in the hole. I mean, he's really good at, at understanding sort of the spatial relationship stuff. And I'm like, wow, you know, welcome back, Julian. But, you know, it's it's it was great to see him get involved so early, but it was also sort of like a here, have this route kind of feel. So, you know, if, if you're Kansas City and I know Bob Sutton, Bob Sutton's their defensive coordinator. Bob was my old coach. And uh, with the Jets, and uh, I had a lot of respect for Bob. Obviously, they have a, a win here against New England a year ago, where they had a pretty pretty salty performance. So they have they're smart guys, and I think they're going to look at that and say, "We can't do that. Uh, you can't just concede routes to their to their top guy, the guy they really want to get to right off the ball, and we can't expect people to spot drop from distance and, and you know just rally down to these guys. They're too good run after the catch. So that's what happened right off the bat. Yep, here we go. Uh, then they turn and they do a look pass to, to Cordero Patterson, kind of a lot what we talked about. I, I wrote about this in The Athletic. 
well, this is what's going to be exciting about your Patriots. Uh, they are a very good catch and run, and they've got so many different guys you can send it to. Send it to Patterson, send it to Dorsett, to Julian, uh, to James White in either the screen or swing game. Uh, you know, even Hogan can get involved that way a little bit. But And this is not even counting your, the best tight end of the game guy, uh, the, the dual player that Gronk is. So there's so many options right now about where a screen may come. And, you know, as I mentioned, they go to Julian right off the bat. That gets the antennas high on the other side. Okay, what's coming? And next thing you know, you're doing a little uh, a little look pass to Patterson. Look pass just simply means you, you take a step back. You're, you're aligned, extended from the formation. You just step back, and then they throw it directly to you, and, and you're off and running. Um, it, it's basically just a challenge of open field tackling, and they've got some of the best get open in open field uh, kind of scenarios as guys you can find in the league. So that's what I wrote about last week, and uh, it's good to see them take that step because I really think that's the the strength of this offense uh, and the personnel that they've accumulated here. And and it's funny on that play, on the look pass, you get Patterson step back. He's got the ball in his hands. Out in front of him, you've got Dorsett and Hogan, and then Trent Brown sort of not not pulling but just sort of getting out in space from that left tackle position. So you've got this big (laughs) athletic tackle running looking for anyone to hit. I don't even know if he made contact with anyone on that, but people don't love to see that kind of size out in space uh, able to run at you. And then Dorsett and Hogan locking their guys up. And, and again, this is a greater theme here than just a play-by-play. But one of the really good things that the Patriots did against the Colts was block in the secondary. Block the secondary with their, with their wide receivers. Hogan does a great job of this. He really, really gets after it. Knows when to release to not get holding calls. Knows how to sort of swing his body, put his butt between the, the guy and the, and the ball carrier behind him. He's good at it. And Dorsett's another one where, you know, Dorsett's not the biggest guy, but we have a long history here in New England of, of those kinds of players that may not be huge, but that really don't mind sticking their nose in there and fighting, uh, you know, from your Deion Branches to obviously Troy Brown and, and guys like that that just like to get in there and fight and will fight and, and end up being, you know, sort of good adjutants on the outside. Now, I'm not even mentioning the bigger receivers, the guys that really lock people up, like Patterson when he's not getting a carry, uh, obviously Josh Gordon, and he's done that several times where he likes to go down and lock it up and mix it up. They have a nice mix of guys that like to block out in space. That helps the backs very much. That helps any of these catch-and-run plays with the wide receivers. Um, moving on, this is, I mean, we're still in the same uh, initial drive, and surprisingly, Julian's running these sit routes again, uh, and <laughs> the Colts tried something a little different here. You know, the drive's going along, like, okay, we got to try something else. They dropped one of the defensive linemen, number 90, and essentially you're bringing a big dude out of the middle. It's sort of meant to be a surprise hole dropper, surprise little rat kind of thing, and, you know, maybe pops out and Brady doesn't see him, but the only other coverage uh, guy in the neighborhood near there was the middle linebacker, so you've got a short zone dropper, and then I guess a rat or something below him, but basically two lower hole-ish kind of guys. And, you know, Julian's going to sit in the middle of that right off the bat. So this guy's come back from a break. He's missed four weeks of, of professional football. And, you know, the first couple routes he's got to catch, uh, not competing with defensive backs. You know, he's competing with space, essentially. Find your find the right hole, get the ball, fall away from, from the hit kind of thing. And in this situation, he's you know he's he's just trying to stay away from a defensive line and a middle linebacker that's really struggling to stick with him. So uh, that was easy pickings there. So right to Jules, and then he makes somebody miss, makes a big play out of it. 
Uh, and he's just playing punt returner at that point. And again, man, that's that's a situation you want to see your guys in here. Uh, the Patriots have so many of these guys. Give them the ball, give them space. They will make more than what's blocked there for them. They're going to make people miss on their own. Uh, you get the play action of Michelle, which I love this. Uh, now, Sonny Michelle has really come along. I'm going to write about him this week on The Athletic. Hopefully, you, you guys subscribe to that already. But we've really started to, to get together a great group there. It's, it's, it's inexpensive. I know it is money, and sometimes that's, it's hard to, to make that leap. I mean, at one point in your life, you made the leap to, to paying for bottled water. I know I remember a time where I thought that was crazy. Why would anyone ever pay for a bottle of water? And now you just do it because that's – you know, someone's bottling that and someone's, uh, you know, taking the expense on the other side. But with our athletic stuff, myself, Josh, Jeff Howe, Don Banks is writing on there, and now Steve Buckley, who you may remember from the Herald for years. Uh, good crew. We're, we're sort of trying to hit all the different angles here. And, and this week I'm, I'm diving into Sony Michelle and sort of the way things have changed since those first snaps he took against Jacksonville, how the running game has sort of evolved, his, his sort of new breadth of, uh, of responsibilities and how that's helped him. Um, and really just where the offense is now with him being able to do things he's doing now, what he's seen better than he saw a few weeks ago, and, and what that does for sort of the overall product. Um, excited about that, but you know this is an, an example here where you're getting on that first drive, really hard sell play action, uh, you know, just basic hard sell play action to Michelle, and uh, it's it's ends up being a big gain, gain to Gronk. So rather than this old, hey, drop, you know, Tom and Gunn, Gronk extended as some wide receiver, uh, now you've got Gronk in line. You've got him attached to the formation, looking like a true tight end. And the hard sell play action to Michelle, it's really interesting to watch, uh, you know, the three linebackers, the three off-the-ball guys, and watch all three, um, may have been two linebackers in safety, but whomever was down on the second level, all three step forward. <laughs> all three take that stride on the on the uh, on the uh, the fake, and then all three are in retreat mode, trying to get back to a zone or, or or cover up on Gronk. And Gronk's such a good strider, you know. Couple into this thing, he's exploded. He's behind that second level, and Tom's just dumping it over the top. So big play there that's set up by the threat, the real threat now of this run game. So moving on here, oh, and I think it's also important there that Brady was under center. I made that little note because beyond just, you know, it's it's not just the gun with a, a run fake. It's under center, which is very real. Michelle back at eight yards, which is very real. Uh, the reason I mentioned that is this is something that linebackers often pick up by the depth of the back relative to the line of scrimmage. Backs that are at like six yards, man, you know they're, they're, you're, they're probably in pass protection, right? because they want to be a little bit closer to the line to step up and get the protection. When they get lots of depth, back to seven and sometimes eight, there's a better chance that they're getting the ball as a carry. They need that extra space to sort of see things develop, allow the blocks to develop, play off you know, the defenders who have the similar depth themselves on the other side of the line of scrimmage. That's kind of what's going on there. But So you get the nice fake. You get Michelle super deep, looks like Ron. Brady under center, looks like Ron. Sticks it in his gut, pulls it out. Everyone on the other side reacts, and then Gronk has just slipped in behind. So it's great to see plays like that where it's not just, hey, Gronk has to go on a bad ankle, go out and beat someone in space to make a play. Um, you know, in this situation, the, the, the play itself sort of helps create him, you know, the open spaces for him. Uh, 
so one of the things here that that continues on in the drive that you see throughout the game, this is really James White's day. James James White did so many nice things. Some of it were just swing passes, some of it was screens, some of it was low angles, some of it's out of the backfield stuff. But you know he gets the ten balls on the day, uh, mostly as a pass catcher. It, I don't think they used him much as a runner in this one, but. Man, he was clutch, and I, I think he, we're really kind of getting to a situation here where, yeah, we'll see where this goes with Julian. Obviously, expect Julian's going to be a huge part of the passing game for the wide receiver crew, especially for stick stuff and got to have it moments around the uh, around the sticks, maybe potentially the outside as much as in. But uh, I really feel like this offense is uh, revolving around the wrong word because they're they're multiple. They send it to so many people, but heavily reliant on clutch plays from James White. When you're in a spot, he's really he really seems to be where Josh turns to as much as Tom. So some of those are Tom choices where you know he's an outlet or he's a, a check down of some sort. But some of these are game plan specific. Some of these are directed from the sideline, like the play that's meant to go to James kind of stuff. And I think that's a that's an awesome uh, sort of development. Uh, you look over the years, obviously this guy's had huge games at points, but it's kind of ebbed and flowed how much they've gone to him. They re- relied on James awful heavily here for, through the first five weeks and. Uh, you know, he, he, it's really been obvious how important this guy is to the offense. Now on this same, you know, you, you get the big white screen, nice little game there. Uh, and then it's the Patterson touchdown. Everyone re- recalls this. This is just, you know, it's kind of a look pass again, essentially. I'd have to relook and see exactly what the scheme was, but basically just turn and throw it to him and blocking out in front as wait for it. It's Hogan and Dorsett again, locking both of their guys up and uh, they're both the blocks at the point of attack. So that's interesting to me because, you know, we talked about this, I think it was a couple weeks ago, I believe it was Miami game, or maybe it was even prior to that, where you got Gronk and Allen out in front uh, with maybe a guy motioning over and you're, you know, you're dumping it off to Patterson He's now got two lead blockers. He's two big dudes. That shows sort of the 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 key breaker there, where they they are willing to do the 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 forward blocking with receivers as well. So you don't just know that. Oh, okay, you know, like imagine this from a defensive player's point of view. Patterson's off and, and sort of sagging in the formation behind a couple of receivers in front of them. That may mean all three are out into the pattern. It doesn't necessarily mean those two are in front of them for blocking. Uh, so there's no hard key there that, oh, the one where Patterson's off the ball and there's tight ends in front of him, uh, potentially one or a second on motion, ah, that means you know that means he's getting a gadget play. Uh, now they do it with both the receivers and the non, you know, the tight ends may be removed to the entire other side of the formation. So that's how key breakers work. That's where you're like, uh, as a defense, you're like, we got nothing. You know, I have no idea. Uh, now Patterson might actually be going out for a route. Maybe he's doing something vertical. Uh, so that's kind of why football um, – it's why you don't put a ton of stock in one game. You you you, you know you don't want to overact week one to week two to week three. You really got to let it sort of bloom because what makes football what it really is is once you've put hundreds of plays out there, and that's when you see all the, the choices, all the tools in the toolbox, and how they play off each other. When it's just week one and week two and week three, I mean you're really just starting to play, you know throw some of the plays out there for the first time. What becomes cool is is later on the maturation of an offense where it's like okay on film we've seen all three of those things and I've seen this formation and it doesn't always tell me one thing and then that's when the confusion element comes in uh, we, the early weeks are often a little bit more like recess they just run something and you react to it the 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 chess part of football comes later and that's why that's the real part in my view uh, and that's why you don't overreact to what you happen to what you see so much in September because some of the other factors that that lead or mislead a defense don't come until later 
Um, and that's when the offenses that really know how to roll it uh, get going. And that's really what the Patriots have been all about, showing you stuff that makes you think one thing and throwing something else at you. Now, we'll go over here to the other side of the ball here. Um, the, 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 the Pats defense here had a really nice day early. Now, they let up yards in the second half. I think in part, game flow sort of dictated that. Uh, in fairness, uh, Andrew Luck was throwing some dimes, uh, but didn't get it going until late. And the Patriots had enough of a pad. And if you look around the NFL, it, just about every quarterback is thrown for 300 yards these days. It's hard as hell to prevent yards. Teddy Bruschi, our male teammate, and, you know, Patriots legend, obviously, sent out a tweet that was very uh, prescient this week. He uh, he mentioned that, you know, everyone's going to get yards. You know, yards are going to happen. The, the rules are just way too slanted against defenses. So if, you know, the old ha-ha, you know, uh, hot taker thing about the Patriots defense is that they make X quarterback look like Joe Montana or whatever. Or they make this quarterback that's not so good look so much better. Now, you need to get out of that frame of mind. Pretty much everyone's going to get yards unless, of course, they have no running game. The no running game and then that completely mutes the entire offense passing-wise. That's what you saw in Miami. Uh, but if there's a little bit of running game and a little bit of something-something and they're out and they're, they're in a trailing situation by three scores like they were against the Colts and you're not going to go up and press and you're not going to go up and, and risk stuff, the guys are going to get yards. That's kind of where we are. So, you know, I, fortunately, hopefully a lot of you guys got to watch games around the league. I was watching Red Zone and then watching games on the side and, and you know, watch the Chiefs-Jags game and then uh, whatever it was after that. But basically, it's really easy to see that Wow, this isn't even fair. You know, there's just no one's touching anyone. It's just sort of like recess. You're not allowed to even touch the defensive backs. No one's getting jammed at the line, which I think can be resolved. I think that can still be done, but people are are, are a little hesitant to do it. Um, and you just see this catch and run stuff that's just almost too easy. So it becomes so much more. And I believe this is what Bruce Bruce. Uh, tweet was about was it becomes so much more about situational football they're going to get their yards you got to figure out a way to get a turnover they're going to get their yards you got to figure out a way to win once the room becomes smaller you you don't want to over scheme when there's all that space there because then you risk giving up the big play and people call it bend but don't break and look around the league everyone's bending but not breaking that's you know it's kind of what you have to do if you run into a good offense so that is the situation we're in i hate to watch it but it's going down. But anyhow, on this, this was the one time where the, the Patriots, well, not one, I mean, there was a few, but it wasn't a big part of the day's work, where they decided to pressure. They brought they brought uh, several guys. They brought both two guys off the edge. I believe it was Jonathan Jones on one side and Chung on the other. And I think they're both in sort of hug rush situations where they're coming across the line hard, but they're actually going to be man-to-man on the guy that they're rushing over, I believe. I mean, I'd have to pull the video and show it to you, but I can't do that in a – in a podcast, but the point is you're bringing defensive backs across the line as well with the regular defensive line rushers. And Chung is usually really good at this about sort of taking a peek. Is that guy going to try to leak out or is he too occupied with uh, preoccupied with, with picking up some sort of part of the rush? And then I'm just going to fly through and go ahead and get the sack. So he get Chung on the sack and I believe it was also flowers. Yeah. Flowers, Jones, Chung, right all in on that thing. And it was just a, you know, meeting at the quarterback kind of deal. That was cool to see. But I think the big issue here was, I think it got to 24, three at one point, got the big breakout in front. So the defense wins a few series early offense went several. And again, we're also counting here 
offensively, uh, this next drive come back, Edelman gets wide open, you know, those, those early jitters of just getting himself back into it. And it ends up being kind of a drive killer because he drops that one and they were flowing right down the field just as easily as they had been the drive before. So you kind of, you know, you leave seven out there or at least three on that, that unfortunate drop, but and it was actually kind of the pick play that was very similar to what Patterson had against Miami. Now Gronk was the picker on that play. Uh, you know, just right at the line of scrimmage, you can legally block, uh, you know, right at, for guys that are aligned right at the within one yard of the line of scrimmage there. Gronk does the pick, throws his hands up, but he's blocking, we know that. And Edelman does the the route right off of it, and his little twist gets him wide open, much like Patterson was for that huge play against Miami, and then Jules just happened to drop that one. But, um, you know, again... I don't think you have to worry about him dropping balls like that moving forward. That's just the newness. Just getting back and getting back into it. Pat's D goes back out. They get the red zone stop. Jason McCourty had a nice downfield shadow on third down. We've seen Jason McCourty really play well. He's picking it up. EV, Adam Vinatieri, Adam my old uh, teammate. Uh, obviously, the he's going to end go down as one of the best kickers, if not the best kicker ever. Uh, and he went to South Coast State, so he's Jackrabbit. That, well, I'm a South Dakota guy. We're the opposite. So I'll I'll never like him for that reason, but <laughs> kid, uh, he's 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 a stud, obviously, and he's uh, seventy five years old and still out there kicking, you know, hitting bombs. But he did on this moment have a flub and he missed the thirty eight yarder, which I think he makes like a fifty four yarder, <laughs> something crazy. Makes the long one, misses the short one. That's life in the NFL. But um, that helped the Patriots. Obviously, kept points off the board. Offense goes back out. White has some stupid move on a swing pass uh, against a soft drop in zone. And again, I think the Chiefs and Bob Sutton are going to look at this and say, hey, we can't soft drop like the Colts did. And what, what soft drop means is you, you, you're you not really necessarily dropping on a man. You know, like say the routes are developing and they have a hook to curl player or a curl to flat player. These are the names for where on the field a guy would go. But in some dropping schemes, you actually use the man as your as your landmark you drop with the route that's coming to you and you maybe carry it to a certain distance or you come in that zone soft dropping opposite soft dropping is turn and hitting a field landmark as opposed to sort of dropping on the people you turn and run to a spot that might be six to eight yards behind you or 10 or 12 or wherever it is your your landmark happens to be turn soft drop and then react down to things or if the routes are to your left or right wait till it's thrown, read the quarterback's eyes, and go towards it and try to get picks that way. I think soft dropping is is a huge gamble against the Patriots offense because they spread you out with the formations. Quarterback is accurate as all hell. He moves you with his shoulders and eyes. It's just there's a long history of – and actually the Colts used to do it. When the Peyton Manning years and their defense was really struggling opposite him, uh, I would come in and you'd watch those first few series and go, well, this is how it's going to go. They're going to soft drop all day. Okay, good luck with that. So saw some of that in that, and you, you get white out in space, quick swing pass, soft dropping in front of him, makes the first guy miss, crazy move. Um, and, and honestly, if you'd seen this, more of this against Jacksonville, I think the Patriots eat, beat up on that Jacksonville defense. Uh, that's the kind of defense they put before them, the soft drop stuff. And the, the, the and conversely, Jacksonville actually tried a lot of that against uh, against the the Chiefs and it, it just doesn't work but the Patriots were a little shorthanded on personnel that day and and again I think that's one they'd encourage that that matchup again because I think they can win it um and moving on here though there's the Michelle double screen fake I like that ends up being a big play the fake to white you just had the bigger 
swing past a white. You go back to him with a fake and then double back to Michelle ends up being a big play for him. So now you've kind of put both those guys in the backfield together. You've got the defense guessing on who or which, you know, which dude's going to get the ball. If it could be direct run scheme with Michelle or now he's, now he's part of the screen game as well. You're thinking, good Lord, they're using everybody just a little different way. It really hurts you as far as honing in on a tendency or a key. They're kind of just, at this point, they're kind of just putting it all out there and saying, well, if you think this, we'll do the opposite, which uh, Kansas City is going to have a tough film breakdown because those last two weeks of, of Patriots offensive football is, is, is a bit of a head-scratcher if you're trying to hone in on any particular thing. Uh, next play, and, and again, this is after the backs have just had this stretch. Huge swing pass to White, goes for a bunch. Uh, Michelle after the double screen, okay. Now they get a little bit of movement and uh, uh, pre-snap. And they run a trap play to Michelle, 15-yarder, right up the middle. Uh, I believe it was Gronk that motions over, and then he cracks back inside on the on the on the line, and and is sort of the point of attack on the on the on the uh, trap. And Michelle's plowing through the line there, and, and he's basically untouched initially. And a part of that is the setup from the plays prior. Now you've got your run game rolling and this screen swing, you know, all the other downfield stuff, the play action with Gronk, Edelman sitting in holes. We haven't even mentioned Gordon. Dorsett hasn't gotten into the big stuff he can do. And, uh, you know, this is just, you know, this is one of those moments where it's like, damn, McDaniels is hot right now. <laughs> like he is, he is on fire, which I'm sure was pleasing to him considering, uh, you know, the whole fallout he had with the Colts. And, uh, you know, first few drives, first few opportunities he got out there, he looked uh, he looked aces. So now Brady sneaks for the touchdown on third down. I like to see that. I'm not worried about the whole, you know, guy getting hurt on a sneak. I mean, when has that happened? I, I think they're most effective play. if you, As long as they're not pinching the nose, as long as they don't have two guys over center, the biggest dudes for some particular defense, and they're just saying you can't sneak it. If they align in a regular formation, gaps or anything like that, man, I would sneak. Ten times a game with Tom. I'm exaggerating, but still, I think it's always there. Love to see them score using that. As opposed to turning him, reversing out, and having to rely on a fullback block. And, you know, a play that just takes a couple seconds on those those and ones. Not always guaranteed, but the sneak generally is. Pat's offense, check down to White for 13. One-man route to Hogan. This is one of my favorite plays of the day, and we're going to get out of this Patriots game here real quick, but uh, I I did want to highlight that particular play. That is cool stuff where there's only one man running the pattern. This is 90s football. You know, Everything's packed in for a run. It looks hard run. Uh, I believe there were two fakes. Uh, Yeah, there was... There's a trap fake and then a reverse fake. So there's some sort of inside run fake because I believe it was a fullback is kind of moving in a direction that makes you think trap. Maybe there's a pulling offensive lineman or something. Then there's the reverse action. I believe that was to Patterson. But the point is you've got two different types of run fakes in the backfield. Everybody and their mom is sucking up. And, and Hogan's out there, you know, 18, 20 yards downfield <laughs> running a deep inside cutback of some sort. And, you know, he's the only guy out there. So, you know, it's just, it's one-on-one. And yeah, you can be, he can be one-on-one, especially when you get the aid of, a, of, of space in front of you, because everyone's sucking up. He's the deep element. So there's the, the middle class or the middle portion of the field is kind of uh, sucked into the line. He's out there all on his lonesome out in the route. Uh, if he beats his guy and Tom finds him, boom, he got it. And that, that was a laser beam. So good stuff there. And, uh, this is uh, the next thing. You get a huge run from Michelle. I mean, he's just rolling now at this point. 
get an angle route for a touchdown to James White. Again, as these we go through these drives, we're mentioning a different guy each play. This guy, then this guy, then this guy, then this guy, then this guy. And that's how really good offenses operate. Uh, and on White's angle, man, it's an angle route. Uh, angle route means like, you know, you're in the backfield and you start to go wide of the formation, you know, say to your left, and you come back on an angle back inside. And he's running it almost on air, really, because the linebacker cheated over to Edelman. There was sort of a soft little zone going on again there. And it was almost as if the linebacker cheated one one drop over more than he should have been. I don't understand why he would react to Jules like he did because there was actually a zone dropper next to him who would have been presumably soaking up, up, soaking that up. But maybe that's an example of, hey, they had a hard key on, hey, when they get in the red zone, everyone cheat towards Julian because that's where it's going. This is one of those examples where I think his presence on the field made some people react in a way they may not have otherwise reacted. And then James White, who's been over there killing it, who, who should have uh, who should have earned some attention, is running an angle route uncovered. It's, it's shitty defense, quite frankly. I mean, that was, that was just bad defense. Uh, really overreacting to one thing and, and leaving something that's been pretty dangerous itself wide the hell open. So deep comeback with uh, Dorsett hits 33 seconds before half. That ends up being a big game. That's another big part of the offense that we haven't touched on a lot, but Dorsett's great in the catch and run game when you sag off him, but he's also a guy who can go down and run an 18-yard route that comes back to 15 or whatever, or 20 to 18 or something like that, and hit on the deep stuff, uh, the deep comeback stuff, and Brady throws that ball well, as he always have, has, excuse me, and uh, you know that's that ends up helping uh, meet uh, Guskowski get the 45 yarder with 13, 13 seconds to go. I believe that's what made it 24 to three. And it's like, wow, they were dealing in that first half. So, and that's even with the missed opportunities. You, you, the Julian Edelman drop there, that series finishes off with either three or seven, and you've got a 30 point half. You know, it's crazy. So, this offense is back, um, and uh, I think you should be really happy about what your team's looking at, looking like. So that that's that's sort of the breakdown of the Colts thing. There's no need to go into the minutia throughout the rest of the game. It was sort of comeback city, which is just a situational thing, which you won't see week to week. Uh, but by and large, I think you have to feel good about where the offense is. There's just so much going on there. We didn't even touch on the Hail Mary thing to Gordon. Um, but defensively, I think the best thing they're doing is is controlling uh, early down sequence. Uh, not giving up the five yards on first down, not giving it, at, you know, not having second down be another chunk that puts it at third and two each in time, and you know, make third down really difficult. Or these second and twos where you're just dealing hard sell play action, deep shots, other stuff that you can do because you've got so much on one of those two early downs. Uh, they've really eliminated that part at least for the last two weeks, and you got to do that against Kansas City. I'll get into a little more detail about why that is later. But defensively, really starting to find the configurations that work best for him. Gilmore is very competitive. He he looks to be the guy that if they've got a guy, you're going to match with him. And that's what you need, obviously, here as we talk forward with the Chiefs. That's going to be Tyreek Hill, presumably. Uh, but they're a pretty deep crew, you know, with Wilson and with um, – and with uh, Watkins, right? Watkins, yeah, Sammy Watkins. So they've got a lot of options there. Uh, so there's there's a lot of different ways they can go at you. But I think when there's a an obvious an obvious guy, it's going to be Gilmore's, and that's obviously starting to to become clear. Uh, and Jason McCourty's playing great as the other corner now. Uh, Rowe has been banged up with the groin, I believe. Again, it was, uh, and and presumably there'll be a time where he comes back. But J.C. Jackson's playing at a really nice level. I think they've obviously found a guy there they feel good about. Jonathan Jones is a really good third corner, plays the slot stuff exceptionally well. Um, they've, you know, I don't think you know a lot of people were hammering uh, Devin McCourty online. 
because he did struggle in his in his coverage against their second tight end or the, the times where he draw Ebron as the first. And the swoops or swoops or whatever his name was made a couple plays on him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he got beat. He did. He got beat. He struggled with his tight end coverage. But don't think that his tight end coverage was all that he did in the day. He also has the play of the day on the strip. Uh, he was one of the leading tacklers, which – Usually, if you're talking straight corner, you don't want your corner to be that way, but he was a down safety, so his high tackle numbers don't have to do with him getting beat. It just has to do with him being active. So Devin is not, and the people that want to hammer Devin McCourty, I think don't realize he's not playing the role necessarily that he used to. Devin's not playing center center field like the old days. Uh, Old days, but you know what I mean. So Devin, Devin where he was Roman, he's an all-pro type guy. He's playing center field. He's getting that one or two or three sort of uh, monumental change plays. He's ranging so the quarterbacks aren't willing to throw to those parts of the field. He's not doing that as much because they're having him more be a down guy uh, or a matchup coverage guy. He's taking wide receivers from the second safety spot. They're willing to put Dev or Duran out in center field. Um, you know, I, I think it's it, he's being asked to do different things to which you're going to see different results than you would if he was playing center field when, you know, they got the big deal and he's the leader of that back end. Um, it shows his versatility, but also puts him in some positions that you're going to get beat some. That's that's what it is. When you have a 6'5 tight end against a, a 6'1 DB, you're going to you're gonna lose some. And, and I think the real matchup guy they have at tight end is Chung. He's he's better, I think, than Dev at, at getting the guarding the big body guy. Uh, so, you know, we'll see where that goes. Uh, people hammer him, un, I think, unfairly. It doesn't mean that he played great. He didn't. That wasn't his best week of work, but it wasn't like he was trash either, and that's what social media seems to think, and that's wrong. So we're going to move on here. Uh, I, I think, by and large, though, you feel really good about your depth there on the back end with Harmon, with uh, both of the McCordys, with Jonathan Jones playing at a high level, with Gilmore doing his thing. J.C. Jackson looks like a young, fine player, and for those of you who hate Roe, whatever, you're wrong, but if he is able to get back and healthy, that just adds to that depth. But by and large, that's a group with a lot of different pieces. It could do a lot of different things. Uh, the linebacker group, uh, I, I, oh, by the way, I should say this. I think Hightower is starting to play back to what you used to see him. Played really, really well against Miami. Had another solid week uh, uh, last week. And uh, the one little tick here uh, of defensive depth stuff is John Simon got nicked up. So he'd come back, actually had a couple nice rushes. Not sure to the extent of his injury. We'll find that out later in the week. Uh, but Vanoy continues to play at a high level. Adrian Claiborne had a really nice week uh, against the Colts. A lot of pocket busting. Uh, I don't even know if he had a, a stat of any kind. But he's 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 getting up and underneath in his rushes uh, on, on the quarterbacks that aren't pocket breaking, which, to be honest, I'm bringing this up, and that's the kind of things you won't want to do against Mahomes. Uh, so that's, that's sort of a separate conversation. But for luck and the way his sort of pocket movement works and the way they were coordinating, coordinating those rushes, very good stuff. Adam Butler has a nice day. Um, uh, Dietrich Wise continues to be disruptive. Flowers plays really well, as he always does. And all of a sudden, you got a nice little configuration. Um, love uh, the work that uh, Danny Shelton's doing. Danny's playing much better than before. Uh, I think he's, his, his performance has really sort of grown over the course of the season. Uh, Lawrence Guy is the stable dude. Um, this is turning into a good defense. We're not talking great yet. I mean, that, that they got a chance for that later with the pieces they have, but I think they were off the schneid big time, and they're now competitive week in, week out, for at least the last couple, and uh, have a good chance to do that and scheme something up that'll work for them, for what works for the best for them against the Chiefs to kind of keep them down. Now, let's let's head in specifically to these Chiefs. 
I think this is uh, this makes for an interesting conversation because you don't want to put too much stock in what you saw because the Jags play a lot of this soft-dropping cover three stuff. They think they've got elite athletes. They think they've got better athletes. They think they can turn, move to an area, rally down, keep you from from gains. And I think that was disproven. I think they would have got burnt with that approach if the Patriots had their full collection against them. They didn't. Michelle was... Looked like he was running around with his head cut off that first game. That was, you know, it's a brand new first game for that guy. And, you know, not too super fair to judge him on what he was going to be. Clearly that has changed dramatically so in a couple of weeks. But you got Michelle kind of running around with, you know, just figuring out life in the NFL on that particular week, on a week they needed to rely on him. Uh, you don't have Julian Edelman. You don't have Josh Gordon. Throw those three elements back in there and then add in all the catch and run stuff that has really grown for this offense. I think this Patriots offense would give the Jags a ton of trouble, a lot like what Kansas City did. And, and again, in fairness, that's a Kansas City home game where they only put up 23 points. One of the scores there is a, uh, Chris Jones uh, intercepted the, the screen attempt and took it back for a touchdown. So 23 points of offense, so it wasn't really one of these high 30 things that they've been doing with Mahomes over the last several. And uh, Mahomes did throw two picks. So I think there are some seeds of, hmm, let's see how the Patriots devise a game plan and how they do against it. Now, I, I can understand that the counterpoint to what I just said, oh, but the Jags defense is great. If the Jags gave up 23, well, then they'll you'll – Give up more. Well, I don't think that because here's how here's how the NFL works. If you were to say, yes, can the Patriots run the stuff that the Jags did better than the Jags can? No. I think the Jags are built to run the four-man rush and get off uh, and tackle and flow and make plays. Uh, Patriots don't have the personnel to do what Jacksonville does it that way, but they have their own personnel to run different coverages, different fronts, do different things with a defense that can give you back to a net product that's similar as far as overall point output that they allow. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to kind of go through here is just the musts. Uh, we always talk about the musts in USTS, the things you got to take care of, the things you got to take away from this Kansas City offense. And now that I've had a chance to see them a few times, I think it got a pretty good sense of, uh, of what they're, what the pitch count should should be against these guys, how to limit them, how to keep them contained, and the things that you can't do, that if you do, you're going to have a problem. Let me pause for a second here to get a drink of coffee. It's early morning here. So, woo, got me back. So here we go. Jags did the spot drop, don't hit people thing, let them run into the routes, just going to rally down and tackle. You cannot do that. Imagine if – I wrote this self note to myself and I'm watching this going, we had a great defense, uh, that, that 0-1 Super Bowl, when we beat the greatest show on turf and all that. But can you imagine – I can't – what our – what our outcome would have been if we didn't hit them, if we didn't hit the backs, if we didn't hit the tight ends, if we didn't hit every wide receiver. You, know, you can't run routes with tears in your eyes, that whole thing, the old Rob Ryan line. But I'm watching this and saying, well, I would concede. As, as good as I think our, that defense was, we, were, we had a really good crew there. You know, If we had a spot dropped and tried to match athleticism and foot speed with those kind of guys, it wouldn't have gone the same way. It went that way because of the game plan we executed so well. Willie McGinnis just beating the hell out of everyone, Vrabes jamming people up. Fife doing the same, the safeties being physical, the corners, Otis Smith and Ty, you know, just making plays through physicality first. You don't try to dance with superior athletes like Tyreek Hill and even Kelsey out in space. I mean, he's a he's a big dancing deer kind of guy. He's not a bruiser like Gronk. 
Uh, he's not a guy you want to get rolling. You don't want to let him free release because he's nifty. You saw him make Miles Jack look silly, and, and Tevin Smith, I believe it was, uh, the other linebacker for, for, for Jacksonville. Those are fast, quick guys, and, and, and Kelsey out in space can actually make him look bad. That tells you, don't let him get to space. Don't, don't let them have the free and easy release to those places so then they've got some space between them and, and you to make some plays. Their offense, in part, looks a little bit like some of the Patriots stuff where you see a lot of screens, you see a lot of look passes to Sammy Watkins, turn and directly throw it to him, block out in front of him to Tyreek Hill, let him be a punt returner. He gets the shot plays and then he gets the, the catch and run stuff to, uh, to even uh, the, the other back where, where had some as well. Hunt, uh, Kareem Hunt's going to get more of the direct run stuff, a little less the passing game to him, but they're multiple in that way. They like to keep you moving and guessing and pocket movement and all that stuff. So the approach against them would need to be a little bit like the the better approach against the Patriots, which isn't just soft drop and hope to react to this stuff because it doesn't work very well. you got to be physical against this crew. I know the defensive rules have changed and swung the other direction, but you can't concede it. you got to go out there and fight, and that to me means jams. That means pass rushers hitting backs. Don't let the back just leak out freely. Uh, uh, don't let the tight end just free release. Got to do things to make Mahomes change his read. You got to have him looking to something he wanted and see it being collisioned and him have to have the uncertainty and say, ah, screw it. I'm going elsewhere into my progressions. Now, uh, one thing to hear point out, big blitz against Chiefs does not work. I believe this is the wear screen in the game. Uh, they, uh, the Jag said, screw it. We rarely ever blitz, but hey, let's go for it. And they brought a whole bunch of dudes. Uh, Mahomes, even if it's not a, a not a, a, a planned screen, this this time you they happen to blitz into a, a screen, and that that just ends up being a killer play. But Mahomes is pretty good about the dump offs. Uh, you know, he if you send pressure, he's going to a check down pretty quick. And they always uh, Andy Reid does a good job of having that built into the offense. There's a a pressure release there for his young guy pretty frequently, and he goes to it quickly, which uh, you know that's that's good quarterbacking. So. Uh, I, I say that just simply to say, I don't think you're going to see Brian Flores throwing a bunch of overriding pressures at Mahomes because he's been tested that way. He's got five weeks of football under his belt. There are things that work against him. Uh, you, oftentimes you can pressure a, a young guy. That's okay, but send it from a confusing place, basically where you're sending the fourth maybe from where you didn't expect it, or sending the fifth possibly as a hug rusher from where it wasn't totally obvious. But when you say, hey, here's six, you know, here's a here's a full deal blitz. We're just going to get there before he gets out of his hands. Mahomes done a pretty good job of beating that, and I don't think that's the formula against him. The number one thing you got to do against Mahomes is protect the edges. Uh, the, the bad edge work against him, and it's you know he's shown the ability to really make some dynamic, electric kind of plays. Conceding the edge, you know, basically uh, just not pulling up boots. Uh, a boot play is uh, b- boot action is when a quarterback turns one direction extends the ball, and then zips out the other way. So there can be short boot where it doesn't wind way outside the tackle box, and there can be a full boot where they're really trying to get you going one way, and then he boots back the other direction, makes that big arc, and ends up outside the tackle box. And outside the tackle box means outside the edge rusher, right? So you need the boot to be pulled up. What that means is if you're the guy, you see the action away from you, and you're the edge guy, you're not going hard down the line chasing some run that's really not in your run responsibility. You're tentative on that edge or patient, I guess, more than tentative, and ready when he whips around to pull it up. 
if you see Patriot edge guys, either the left side, if that's Van Noy, or the right side, if that's Wise or Simon or however they're configuring it, or maybe Claiborne, getting outside the edges on these boots or a dash pass. Dash means not the action one way or the other, just simply out from under center and, or either from the gun and, and just trying to beat the edge to reset the pocket to the outside. If you see that happening, you know things are going well for the Patriots, and you're watching this this Jags stuff, and the Jags were poor on the edges. I was surprised by that. Um, and a lot of it wasn't physical, like, wow, okay, the Chiefs have amazing personnel, and they're more physical, and their guys are outplaying uh, the Jags uh, end guys, and Duque and, and Calais Campbell. I looked at that, and you know, Calais Campbell, all the respect in the world, really smart guy, really savvy vet, an absolute monster at 6'8", big dude, but he's more like a Seymour body type. He's not like a true, you know, out there, you know, like a like a Miller or something from the Broncos or like Von Miller, like, you know, like more the outside linebacker, quicker, faster guys. So I think for these kind of, uh, of mobile quarterbacks like Mahomes, I think the game plan here will feel and look a little bit like what they did uh, against uh, Deshaun Watson in Houston. The, the approach needs to be more like that. You don't want your big beastly defensive ends. Keonta Davis is closer to that. Who's been inactive for a couple weeks, but you know, the 285 guy, maybe closer to 280 to 290 guys, you don't want those on the edge because you overplay just a simple stride and they're outside you with boot or dash and Mahomes outside the pocket is dangerous as hell. So I think this is a week where you look personnel wise, you look down the Patriots group and you know, I've, I've been saying this for a while, so maybe someday it becomes true, but I don't think this is a week where, you know, we'll have to see if Simon's nicked up or Simon's fine. If he's able to come back from whatever it is he had, then that's the kind of guy you want out there. The outside linebacker, the speedier guy, the the guy that, that can be quick and redirect on the edges more. Uh, Van Noy on the other side. And when I said, is this ever going to happen? It's the Derek Rivers stuff. Like, I keep saying it, but when you have these guys, I think Derek Rivers is perfect for this. Uh, you know, just having another swing body who's athletic on the edge that that can run with Mahomes if he's trying to pocket break. Pockets have to be pulled up this week. Pockets cannot exist outside the tackle box or you're in big, big trouble. Jags had a problem with that, seemed to concede it at times by having the defensive end get nosy, read down the line, and all of a sudden the quarterback is outside them. Can't have that. Your edge responsibility this week is to pull up pockets. It's not to run down the line and make run plays. That's for the interior guys and the inside linebackers to do. That's a very, 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 I'll say it 10 more times, important point this week against the Chiefs. If you concede that portion and let them live outside of there, you're going to be in trouble. Then he's just picking and choosing from levels. Kelsey on one level, a receiver on another level, back on another level because he's outside the box and you usually get levels to choose from when you talk in boot plays and move the pocket stuff. Uh, one thing though about Mahomes, and again, this is this is going to feel haterish, but I think this is a, just this is a true tape study kind of thing. What was known about this guy from college, uh, and I I recall this from some of his college tape, at least the highlight stuff and sort of the talk around it. And he is a force it kind of guy. He's a guy that has an amazing ability, the arm talent thing they say. This guy can throw the ball 70, 80 yards in the air, right? We know that. We've seen all the the, the YouTube stuff and the. The, the practice videos and things like that, where this dude can absolutely sling it. And he's got mobility. You can see how this guy can move. I think in a lot of ways, as we mentioned before, this is similar to Deshaun Watson. Great athlete, great arm talent, able to do some stuff. But I think 
maybe worse than Watson. And this is, you know, people are saying, oh, but that's not how it's been the first month. It's one month of football, folks. Don't overreact to that. It's the long view on all these things. And when I looked at Mahomes, he is a guy who takes some unnecessary gambles. I think he leaves offense on the field or or, or can create opportunities for a defense where with today's rules, that's kind of how you have to capitalize. Throws two picks against the Jags. Uh, and I think the the Benba don't break stuff. If a theme, if that's what you want to call it, where you're you're not over committing to anything, and you're making him throw into pack coverages and making him make as many decisions as possible, as opposed to over committing and he's getting to hit an open guy off of movement, or he's getting to hit some sort of scheme thing downfield that's busted open. I I think you need to top down this guy. I think you really need to play on top of stuff, but after having beat them up with the underneath portion of the coverage. Safety down on things, though, and and make him make a lot of throws. Because when he becomes a volume guy, there are three, maybe four, sometimes even five balls that should be picked. He takes some unnecessary risks, and he takes some unnecessary pocket risks, where we've seen this guy uh, you know, try to reverse out and get depth, go out the back of the pocket, end up 15 yards deep, and then get sacked or throw a bad ball from those situations. So he is scary, and I think that's what kind of made some people a little leery of him coming out of the draft. He's done a good job of having four or five weeks here where he's kept that kind of stuff down, but you still see that personality. You, you still wonder over the course of 16, when is that monster going to come out and have a bad week? Happened twice against the Jags, but then, but fortunately for them, they'd done plenty of good stuff prior to that to where it didn't hurt them uh, in getting the final win. But I, I think that quality is in there. So I think the Patriots sort of mixing up the coverages, overloading the coverages as opposed to bringing five or six and thinning it on the back end. I think you need to make him make as many downfield decisions as possible. And when he does his step up and relieve the, po- leave the pocket, uh, you need to have someone there quick enough to run him down. That means you need to have probably Dietrich Wise, who's his length more than just his foot speed, or, or Van Noy, who we can see. We saw him able to run with Watson. That's helpful to have a guy like that that can track down a pocket. Simon, I, I don't know, like straight foot speed, we only see, he's really good uh, with sort of just the moves on the edge of, of breaking a corner. But I, I think the more of those guys, Adam Butler on the inside is the quicker rundown stuff guy, but more of those on the field against these guys is going to be helpful. Uh, they've got a big physical offensive line. They all lost one of their guards with a broken leg. Uh, so there's, they're going to be shuffling things up front a little bit. Um, so they had a guy go down it. But, uh, you know, I, I just think uh, there's a way to approach him and and there's ways to put pressure on him to see if with volume he's going to make some of those mistakes. I think he's the kind of quarterback that will give some away. Doesn't always take the easy play. Likes to do the spectacular. And he's able to. And that's super impressive. But at some, times I, I, at some point the dam breaks if you take too many, too many chances. Week six on the road, huge game in Foxborough. Too much chance taken, couple two, three picks, and all of a sudden the, the tables are flipped. So I think it's a big week here to, to be very ball aware, and there are plenty of opportunities out there with Mahomes. Um, let's see if I can continue to make my way through this. Um, one of the things I saw with, with, with Travis Kelsey as, you know, he's not this straight up focal point of their offense because they're a little like the Patriots where there's, they're really willing to send the ball to four or five or six or more different people. But Travis Kelsey was someone that I saw the Jags at least let just run. 
you know, no contact, no hit him. He he is not a physical tight end. I mean, he's physical once he has the ball in his hands and willing to run into some people down the field, but he's not an inline real deal tight end. He's not he doesn't block anywhere near like a Gronk does and 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 he I think they try to keep him away from contact in the box. Uh, and so I, I really look at him and say, hey, if you're going to guard him, say with Chung, uh, you don't want him building on Chung. You don't want him free releasing from the line, no defensive end, no linebacker hits or, or contacts this guy on his way out, and lets him build up on to, 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 to Patrick at eight yards. That's tough. I mean, as good as his foot speed is, that's tough on any safety. You don't want to put Patrick in that situation. So I think this is really a week where if you're defensive end, screw the rush. You're not going to go get – you're not going to get four and five sacks against Patrick Mahomes. That's not the way to win. You need to control the pocket, but I think you need to beat up his options on the way out. Do not guard Travis Kelsey by virtue of letting Travis Kelsey build into the route and then just trying to beat his foot speed on the break. That's not the way home against these guys. If that's your plan, may not got so, go so well. Now, we'll flip to the other side of the ball. Again, I think the Chiefs, as we just mentioned, uh, I guess more to us before I flip to the other side of the ball, a point of summary. you got to control the pocket. You got to control the edges. You you cannot concede early run gains with Hunt. So you're going to need to build a wall. Uh, if you start seeing the three and four, or no, not three, but more the four, five, and six stuff on early downs, ooh, here comes the boots and play actions and stuff, and that offense gets rolling. So no different than Miami, no different than the Colts. You need to win on the obvious run situations and keep those to muted twos and threes. Uh, and then that really sets the table to then go after the pocket the correct way, go after the coverage portions the correct way, and you got to tackle really well. So this is going to be a very big tackle challenge, obviously with, with Watkins and with Tyreek Hill, one of the best out there as a catch-and-run guy. You cannot give up the big plays through multi-missed tackles. you got to have, and I think this is one of the things the Patriots uh, made pains to put together as a roster it's something it's a thing that they really value above just as much not above but just as much as the coverage portion a big part of the job in the secondary is beating blocks and tackling you need to have physical guys guys that are willing to stick their nose in there Jonathan Jones is definitely one of those uh, Jason McCourty we've seen definitely one of those Gilmore is not like a hard-nosed uh, stick his nose in there he's more of a, a Deion Sanders kind of guy but he can cover like crap but I just I think from the secondary level, you need guys that are going to be willing to step up and make hard tackles because uh, and not just get smoked out in space because the catch and run stuff is such a big thing for them. Um, but I think that's the way home. I think the the Chiefs are not. This is not the Rams of two thousand one. I don't see them necessarily putting up forty every week. Uh, they put it together. They've rolled. They've rolled aces, or <laughs> rolled aces, but they've they've been rolling uh, really well through through five weeks, and I think that means the dam does break at some point when they get hit with the right game plan and execution combination. Will the Patriots be the one to do that? I, I don't know that, and I'm not necessarily predicting that they will. But I do see that there's a formula. If you do it this way, I can guarantee it won't work. You've got to give it a chance the other way, and if they do. I think there is a good chance of, of being the first team to take a notch out of them. So uh, I look at this as sort of a going-away point defensively. The, the, as good as the Chiefs' offense has been, the Chiefs' defense has really struggled. Chris Jones up front is one of their real stalwarts. Chris Jones uh, is really good with an arm-over move. He's the guy. He had a sack against uh, a, a sack against Bortles. He also had, um, you know, obviously the intercept of the screen. Run that runs that back for a touchdown. He's the big time player on the def- defensive front. He'll be matched up a lot of times on the defensive left. Offense is right. Him and Shaq Mason should see each other a good amount. That'll be a fun w- matchup to watch. But you need to 
keep the penetration out of Tommy's lap. Um, and I think really that's your, that's your biggest culprit, uh, potentially is Chris Jones. So the other thing is, and this has been a big issue for them is they're really beat up on the back end. Uh, they're really, Eric Berry's been out. Uh, the other two, there's two of the safeties uh, that got nicked up in the Jags game. I'm not going to go through every name here. I don't know them all off the top of my head, but two safeties go down in game. They've had a corner injured. Uh, one of the starting guys has been down. Uh, they had uh, Justin Houston pulled hamstring in game. He's a big time rusher for them. D Ford got injured in game a couple times, but wasn't a ruled out. I think he's fine, and he's a very important player for them. Uh, and then obviously I mentioned on the other side of the ball that they, they had a guard go out for good with a, with a broken leg. So they had four players go out in that Jags game, which is, is tough. And that's just unfortunately what the NFL is. It's why we don't make wild predictions about what's going to happen in September because we don't know who's playing in December. That's ultimately the most important part. So I think defensively they're going to be stressed uh, against this Patriots group at full strength, maybe less so, but they're not going to be at full strength. They got a banged up secondary, uh, both at the cornerback and safety position. And now they lose their best edge rusher. And, uh, you know, it just becomes very difficult when you're not at full strength. We think we saw that from the Colts, uh, the matchup with this Patriots, very, very diverse group. All right, now I didn't make a special teams point, and that pisses me off uh, because it's not something I really hardcore study when you're just watching the, the, the TV copy, and that's all I've seen at this point when I dive into this. But uh, you do need to see a little bit better work from the from the coverage units. I think one thing I noticed is a, I believe it was punt uh, in, in the in the last week's game where they've given up just a few more yards than you want to see. They're not 30- and 40-yard returns, but 15s and 18s and things like that, more than 10s. You don't want to see that. And and we did, in fairness, on the other side, see Julian Edelman break through with a nice little uh, gain initially on a punt return. So it looks like he's settling into that role. We'll kind of watch the transaction wire throughout this week. There's been talk of something needs to be done with the running back position. They went into that game with just James White and Sony Michelle, which is crazy uh, for a depth to only have two dudes like that. But, uh, I guess that presumes that Patterson would be the third back because he's gotten that carry or whatever as a back. But you kind of assume either Barner brings back, is brought back in the fold or they go out and get Mike Gillisley, uh, who just became available from the Saints. I know there's some people around here down on the guy. Uh, I thought he played quite well here. He never played poorly. He just wasn't as explosive. Uh, you know, I don't think he, uh, he didn't, he's not, a, he's not a guy who's going to catch pass out of the backfield. So I think people knock him for that, but you look at what was blocked for it. He runs hard, he gets it and he gets what's there and he's not a fumble issue. And there was that one thing earlier last season to say that he lost uh, a one-on-one with Jeremy Hill. I thought it was pretty neck and neck and I completely understand the, the, the rationale to go with Jeremy Hill, but it's not as if Gillisley played poorly. And, and I know there's a sentiment out there that that were somehow the case. Happy to go back and watch the runs with you. He had several runs that I thought was, Hey, that's the right read ran hard, gets what's there. Uh, efficient and efficient is what they'll need. If they're looking for that third back, still curious if Ralph Webb ever gets the chance to come up, but, uh, maybe they just don't feel like he's quite ready for that responsibility just yet. So maybe Barner, maybe Webb, maybe Gillisley, uh, an answer there as to how they'll address depth. And because they moved on from Cyrus Jones, uh, that's going to mean that it looks like Julian's taken over that punt return duty and it's an important job. So that makes sense to me as well. Now, that was your Real Thing Patriots podcast. You're going to enjoy this upcoming week. It's going to be a big build-up to what should be pretty much the biggest game in the NFL this week. Big-time game, fun contest, a lot of respect for the opponent who should have a similar respect for these Patriots. 
this thing seems to be a burgeoning, coming to a head, ready to explode and maybe sort of turn the tide. People were pleased with what they did against the Dolphins and Colts, but they, I think they also hold it off at arm's length and say, yeah, that's the Dolphins and Colts. Can you do it against one of the more more uh, more challenging opponents like the Chiefs seem to be? Mr. September, that they bet. But that's your show. Thanks for checking in. As always, you can always find this on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, blogtalkradio.com is where you can find the stream here if you want to subscribe to it that way or just subscribe to to the Real Thing Patriots podcast on iTunes. Get that thing coming to you each and every week so you don't have to rely on me at Chatamate tweeting at you to make you aware of the show. But I thank you for listening in as always. Thank you for checking it out. Enjoy this week. Enjoy this upcoming game. Go Pats. Thanks for listening to the Football by Football podcast. Football insight by football players. Hi, Lucky. Hi, Dusty. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned. Good night, Ned.